And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 10, but also find uh, find uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 18, because that'll be the main source of our discussion here today. Today I want to start kind of a new feature in our Safely Home series called Home Safe and Secure Home. This month here in October, or the rest of October, we're going to kind of go along with this little theme, theme of Home Safe Home because all of us want to have safe homes. Why? Well, because our homes represent a place where we think we should feel safe. And there are a lot of things that threaten us out there in the world. And whether it be nature or evil nurture of people, they might come after our homes and uh, we want to feel safe there. We try to do our best to make them secure, right? We have locks and alarms. We try to make them secure that way. We might, might try to make them smarter, you know, so they can keep us informed on what's going on. We've got cameras all around our homes. We hook them up to the online access. But if you've ever had your camera go down for 10 minutes, you know, if you're remotely trying to figure out what's going on, it can be uh, just to throw you into a craze because you don't know whether the electricity went off or the phone, if you have CenturyLink, if they just, you know, it just went off or whatever the case might be. We try to make them stronger fortify them with fences or by having home protection with firearms. And we even try to make them spiritual by educating our kids, edifying them with truth. And even those who don't have that spiritual aspect, they want their kids to grow up spiritual, to have an appreciation for things that are greater than themselves and love for others. Now, the reason we have to protect our home so fiercely is because it's always been part of Satan's scheme to bring threats against our homes and families from the very beginning. And if you can get this into your mind, as far as just kind of a fundamental component, you're just going to have to deal with. This is just a concept of life. Jesus stated it in John chapter 10, verse 10, when he said the thief, he's talking about Satan here, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his purpose. I, Jesus says, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So this is the dichotomy of life. Satan is after everyone in your home to steal, kill, or destroy them. And of course, Jesus is talking here in the context of this John 10.10 10, that he's the gate. He's, the, he's, he's our security, of course. But Jesus, he wants to keep us secure so that we can have life and have it to the full. And why does Jesus contrast that to the devil trying to steal, kill, and destroy? Because what is it the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy? He's trying to take your life and the abundance that God wants to give you in that life. So we always have to be aware of the devil's scheme in that matter. Because the devil will use... Unwitting minions to steal, kill, and destroy our families in this default battle that rages to claim our families. But he also uses the idea of Christianity, and the church plays a role in that as we're an extension of the Christian home, to demonstrate and witness life and life that is abundant or full. 
So my idea here was for the rest of October for us to concern ourselves with ensuring that our homes are safe against the threat of Satan so that we can enjoy a life that is full. Now you might think, well, there's nothing for us to worry about. Our homes are pretty secure. Our families, our kids, they're safe. There's nothing after them, nothing going to get them. And I apologize today, but I'm going to try to to prove to you today that there are a lot of things after you and your children and grandchildren that you may not even be aware of. In Jeremiah 22, 21, Jeremiah addresses this kind of uh, bravado where we think nothing can happen to us when he was talking to King Jehoiachin. He'd already warned them that the Babylonians, were, the Babylonians were knocking at the door. They were at the gate. They were going to come in and they were going to destroy. And he says to them, Jeremiah does in 22, 21, I warned you when you felt secure, but you said, I will not listen. And this is has been your way from your youth. You just have not obeyed me. So don't make this same mistake. Now, I'm not Jeremiah. I'm not comparing myself to him. But when I warn you and you feel secure, then well, there's nothing for me to worry about. And you say, I don't think I'll listen. I'm just going to check out this month. Then be warned. That may be your sense of understanding. Like from the time you were young, everything kind of goes on the way that it always has, and you don't think that there's anything that you need to secure in your own home. But again, my job here this month is to try to pr prove to you that there are a lot of things after you. Now, we might believe that our homes, say, for instance, our physical homes are safe and secure. But did you know, and these, this, these statistics are from Forbes Advisor, 75%, did I say 75%? Yes, 75% of homes will be burglarized in the next 20 years. And that of the one million burglaries that happen each year, about half, half of those are committed during the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p. What time is it? Oh, someone watching your home? 51% of those homes then are burgled again six weeks later. Do you know why? Insurance normally pays off in that time. People buy all new stuff. So if you've been hit once, you better be home six weeks later. They're going to come after you again, half the time. Now contributing to this stat is the fact that 75% of homes have no added security system other than a lock on the door. And many of those are just like, you know, little thumb locks with a hole on the other side of the door. <laughs> those are real secure, right? 75% have no security systems. And on top of that, 65% of those bur burglaries are committed by people you know. Now, we have, might think that we have a lot of valuable things in our homes that are at risk, and it's not my job here to, to get you worried about your TV or your stereo or your computers or whatever you might have in your home system. This is just, or your jewelry, this is just an illustration to say to you, even when we think that things are safe and secure, if there's someone evil out there that wants to get it, they will work over time to fool you to get what you have, to steal, sometimes destroy, 
and in uh, the worst cases, kill. Now, my job here is to try to convince you that I'm not talking about TVs and jewelry and stuff. I'm talking to you about something that's even more precious that is to be secure in your homes that is being burgled by the best thief in the history of mankind. It is the precious souls of our children and grandchildren. And as Jesus said, the devil seeks to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy them. What of them? The life that he gives us in Christ and the life that we enjoy in full in him. That's what they're stealing. So we might take a step back and say, well, what am I doing to protect my children or my grandchildren or my own faith? Well, the irony is, is that Jesus also warns us about Satan as, as, as Satan's a thief. Jesus also says he will come like a thief. He teaches us that we need to be on guard because when he comes, we need to be ready. And we need to be ready because Satan's coming to steal our stuff. So you think that the message here is relax, don't worry about anything? No, Jesus is trying to make it clear to us. If you're living here on this earth, the devil's going to come get your stuff. And if you're not ready, then you're going to be left behind by Christ. We're to guard and be ready for his return because it too will become, it will be unexpected like a thief in the night. Matthew 24, verse 42 through 44 says this, Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had, had known at what time of night the thief was coming... He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The warning here that Jesus is making to us is that we always need to be on guard. We always need to watch. We cannot be like Jehoiachin and the people that Jeremiah spoke to who said, No worries, everything's got on the way it always has. When we know, and Jesus says, the devil is coming to steal, kill, and destroy your life that you have in Christ. We're to be ready for his return by being on guard against those lawless men being used by the devil who carry us away from our secure position. But who are these lawless men? We've been talking about it all year. In one sermon, I called them the pagan secular socialists seeking to tyrannically destroy the church through idolatrous, godless collectivism efforted through technocratic scientism. And what that just means is there's a lot of people out there using technology, science, uh, politics. There are people out there using all of that. And the devil is using those minions to steal the minds and hearts of your children and grandchildren. And if you're not guarding them, if you're not watching out for them, then they will be stolen, killed, and destroyed. Now, when Jesus warns us about this dichotomy, he clearly defines it as Satan trying to steal from us 
what is securely ours as life and life in Him, as Jesus warns us that He is going to return unexpectedly like a thief. Why all the angst? Why all the warning? Why all the be on the guard? Because we have the attitude of the people of, the, of uh, Jeremiah's day. That's going to happen. We're okay. Everything goes on the way it always has. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, verse 18, there's a long uh, description here of what is called the day of the Lord, when Jesus Christ is going to return. And I'm going to read it. You can read along, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 18. I don't know how much I have of it behind me, but the sections that we'll focus in on will come up here in just a little bit. It says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. And since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Well, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day, it will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So there, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own instruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of, lawless, uh, of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. And let all God's people say, Amen. Now Peter here, he's, he's talking about a lot of things. In essence, he's describing the security system that... Jesus has put in place for us through the writings of the New Testament, which are designed to help us stay secure and safe in our secure position so that ungodly men or evil men don't drag us away. We learn that we have, for instance, the Holy Spirit to help us. We also learn through New Testament teachings about this being on guard that Jesus is always there to help us. We're never alone. But we're also warned that we need to be proactive ourselves in order to be secure. And we do all this knowing that Satan is realistically after us to steal, kill, and destroy our families. We'll let him do it if we're like that frog in the kettle. You know that, that analogy of you put a frog in a in cold water in a kettle and you slowly start heating that kettle up, then that frog will just stay in that kettle until it boils to death. We may be sitting in that kettle when we were young, the water was cold, and we just kind of ignored the sign, the telltale signs of things that are going on, and we may be to that boiling point. 
George Barner wrote a book to that particular end back in uh, the 90s that uh, was very, very popular. Peter teaches us to truly secure our homes as families. We need to be godly homes. We need to be good homes. And we need to be guarded homes. Did you know what the top reasons for security systems are? In you know, We talked about all the burglaries. Most people have them to protect life and property. Yeah, you might have for your kids or for your own life. You know, we have those alarms that go off like um, the ring doorbells or nests or whatever you've got. ADT or Honeywell or whatever security system, we put those in because we want to protect our life and our property. Second reason is fire protection. We want to have those alarms go off while we're sleeping or maybe get that alarm that, it's, uh, we have, that there's something going on in our house and maybe send the fire department to, to uh, help with the damage getting so big. And that's why the third reason is because we want to have remote monitoring. You know, when we were, when I was a kid, there's no way, if you were away from your house, there's no way you knew what was going on at your house. Now, you can be sitting at your desk 1,000 or 2,000, even 6,000 miles away, and if you have the right kind of security system, you just hit a button and it'll tell you what's going on around your house. We have the Nest system that shows the backyard and that shows our, our uh, front door. And then for anyone who might be listening online that is a burglar, it, we also have big, black, mean dogs in our house <laughs> that'll eat you alive if you try to go in. I mean, we all, I can, I can pull my phone up right now and tell you if, if there's someone in my front door or in the backyard. And you know, we have those types of things and other things so that we want to know what's going on. We want to keep those places secure even when we're not there. So let's use this to relate all these ideas to uh, Peter's reasons of security and the system that we need to develop. So let's talk about this first one, how we can be godly. Peter says there, since everything will be destroyed in this way. What's everything? Well, he's talking about the end of this world, when everything on earth will be laid bare, it will be destroyed by fire. And then he says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Now, are we missing the big point here? I mean, the big, the big picture here, uh, don't uh, miss the elephant in the room. Peter is saying this world and everything in it, all the stuff we might want to protect, it's all going to be gone in an instant. And the only thing that lasts, that is worth our, uh, our description as being precious and eternal, is our souls, our lives. Our lives and the lives of the people that we love and everyone that we know. He says, since all of this is going to be destroyed, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live God holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed, it's coming. Speed, it's coming? What does that mean? It means that you are looking forward to it because you're ready. We speed, we want to get to things faster when we're ready for them. But if we're not ready for them, uh, we want to take our time, right? So what's your attitude here? 
Are you ready for Christ to return? Or are you saying, hold on, I still got some fun things I'd like to do. Or there are people I need to talk to that I've just been kind of, um, I've been, been uh, what's, what's the word? Um, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, procrastinating. <laughs> See, I'm unfamiliar with it because I don't do it. We live such holy and godly lives as we look for and speed its coming. And we have plenty of help with this. The New Testament model and concept of guarding and security is just not you taking on Satan all by yourself. It gives us this wonderful picture of the power of the Holy Spirit that's watching over us and protecting us. The Holy Spirit, He's our security to protect what is truly valuable to us here on this earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I got this letter in the mail from Ohio Job and Family Services, and it reported to me that I had received uh, COVID-related uh, unemployment. Anybody else get that letter besides me? Mm. So I looked up on the website because I didn't want anybody stealing my... Sure enough, someone had made a claim in the name of Mike Simmons. And they were going to investigate now that particular claim. So is someone out there really trying to steal my identity? Or did they just use my name and take advantage of a harried system during all this stuff that took place last year? was it mistakenly put in and they just put the wrong address? Hopefully they'll get that figured out. Because I don't want to receive a tax statement for, you know, money I didn't get. But has your, has your identity ever been stolen? That's what the devil really wants to do when he steals and kills and destroys. He wants to take from you what is most precious, and that is your Identity in Christ Jesus. Paul warned Timothy to warn the people that he was dealing with there in Ephesus. He says, What you have heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. What you've heard... The New Testament teaching, the godly teaching of the Bible, we're to hold that as a, a sound pattern of teaching for us that relates to our faith and love in Christ. We have to guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit because that's His deposit in us. It's been entrusted to us while we're here on this earth before Jesus comes again and everything's laid waste. That's how we can live holy and godly lives and look forward to His coming is because we're living daily in faith and we're guarding everyone in our families, our children, our grandchildren, our aunts, uncles, whomever, our nieces, nephews, whoever we have some influence over. We have to be serious about securing them in that faith. Otherwise, the devil's going to come in and he's going to steal their identity in Christ and destroy their souls. We are to secure our homes with sound teaching from Scripture. Because Scripture is God-breathed. It's Holy Spirit 
it's, uh, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about faith, when we talk about love, when we talk about our relationship with Jesus, this is what secures us for what is really going to come. And that is when Jesus comes like a thief, we're ready for him. He's not coming as a thief. He's just coming unexpectedly. It's the devil who comes as a, as a thief to steal and kill. We have to secure our children, our grandchildren. Because you may not be aware, but we might have the, the highest gates and the most uh, premier security system to keep intruders from coming in. But if you have one little thing in your home and your children have access to it, that can destroy their lives. It's a thing called the Internet. And you might think, well, you know, I monitor everything my kids do. Well, here's the deal. There are online predators out there who lurk on children's websites. And there's more than one horror story about how these predators have connected with little children through these little chat groups or little mess message boards or whatever they might be. And parents don't even know because when they look at the app that their kids have been using, it just looks like a funny game from whomever, you know? Now kids have become so sophisticated about hiding their online activity. And if that's the case, then you know the devil's behind that. He's coming through that. Your kids or grandkids, they could have hidden apps on their phone that you can might look at their phone, you might look at their tablet, you might look at their cube, computer, you can't see them, but they're hidden. A kid knows where to find them, but you don't. There are even fake apps on phones now. Um, even the uh, spies will use a fake app, like there's a, an app where it looks like a calculator, but when you open it up, it takes you to a different app that's got all kinds of nasty stuff in it. And then kids are very good at being experts at having secret apps. And these are apps, again, that they, they are hidden where you can't see them, but your children know where to access them. So you may look at your kid's phone and you look at their history on, at Facebook or you know, Instagram or something like that, but then they've got some other things you never see that are on that phone. If your children are innocent and if they have the life of Jesus in you, then you need to know, or they have the life of Christ in them, you need to know the devil's after that. Every which way he can do it. So we need to be godly, holy and godly, as Scripture says. But we also need to be, just be good. Uh, Peter uses this idea of being spotless and blameless. Just live good lives. We talked about that last time. Live such good lives among the, the heathen in this world, the pagan, that when they see your good deeds, they'll give God the glory. And if evil people would do that, just think about how your kids will respond when they see you live spotless and blameless and good lives. It's when we live our lives in hypocrisy where we're, one, we're, you know, we're like one person at the church and then a different person at home and then a different person at work and then a different person when we're standing on the sidelines at our kids' uh, football games or whatever. We're all the same when you live spotless and blameless lives. Be good. 
Peter says that day, again, when Jesus returns, will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Now the reason, the only reason you would be good here on this earth is because you understand everything on it is going to be gone eventually. And that there's something better to live for in the new heaven and new earth. And that's why he says you will make every effort then to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him right now. Because you know everything you see is going to be gone. And it's not worth uh, uh, forsaking your soul for. What does a prophet man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul, Jesus said. Now, who helps us? We have the Holy Spirit who helps us with security. Jesus also is a security guard for us because he is the only one who can offer us, and I know this is kind of hokey, but he's the only one that can offer us true fire protection. Everything's going to be melted by fire. How are we protected from that? Well, Jesus can protect us. When Liz and I were in Hawaii, was it last year? Two years ago? Time flies with you, honey. You're just, I mean. Was it three years? All right, we'll argue about it later. All right. Anyway, we've been, I've been getting pictures. You know how you get pictures from Facebook to remind you of what you were doing that was fun two, a year or so, two years ago? Well, we, I was being, I've been getting some of that. And so it kind of reminded me here of um, how Hawaii is. And when we were going around the island, there were some homes that were, you know, mil, multi-million dollar homes. And as you're driving through what was a lava field that they've kind of, they've graded over, you're seeing these million dollar homes where lava flows just came through, burned it all up, was just gone. And the only thing that might be sticking up is some steel, you know, part of the building or part of the building where the lava went around. You'd see some things like that. And all these, you know, multi-million dollar homes just gone in the lava. We sometimes think that God wouldn't destroy this place with fire. And there's no reason for us to secure ourselves eternally. Because, you know, why would he go to all the trouble of creating all of this? Well, the same reason a millionaire would go to trouble creating a home in a lava flow field or where the lava might come. The difference is, is that God knows that he didn't design this world to last. It's always been doomed for destruction from the very beginning because of sin. And he says, you and Jesus can make this secure. So, like Philippians chapter 4, remember? Rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all, evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's how he secures us. He guards our hearts and minds. Through that wonderful reality that no matter what we're going through, we just ask God for help and He'll get us through. And that there's nothing in this world that we can't rejoice over because we know it's all going to be gone someday anyway. We need to have 
secure ourselves and our children and our grandchildren with sound thinking about this world. It does not last. So don't put your heart and your mind and your soul into it. It's all going to be gone someday. But put your trust and your faith in the Lord. Let Him be evident in your life to everyone. And He'll give you that peace. And we need that more than more now than everything now than ever because as we discussed last month, as more and more uh, younger millennials, older millennials are fleeing from the church, the increase in anxiety and depression and suicide are exploding in that age group. Now you might say, is that a coincidence? I don't think so. And how does the world address that? Well, we're going to train more therapists. We'll get them from around the world. We're going to bring them in and so that they can help us figure out why we have suicide, anxiety, and depression. And we won't ask this question, well, we didn't always have this much. And what's the big difference? Well, the big difference is when you take God out of culture and you secularize things and people don't have Him to turn to, you can't pray to Him and find rejoicing whenever you have worry. When Paul says this to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always and don't be anxious about anything, but just ask God. If you take God out of the equation of your anxiety, it will just explode exponentially in your life. And what we're seeing with children and, and your grandchildren and people you know, your brothers and sisters maybe, is that the further they're getting from God, the more they de-God and secularize their life and buy into this world, the greater their anxiety and depression will grow in them and they'll have more suicidal ideation than ever. That's why it's so important for us to be good. Spotless and blameless because no, it's all going to be gone and Jesus is here to help us through. And then we also need to be guarded. We have to do our share. The Holy Spirit's done what He has done. He's given us the Word of God so that we can be strong. Jesus does what He's done. He's, he's with us all the time and says, if you need anything, you just ask. But we also need to be proactive ourselves. Peter goes on to say then, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. Instead, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the dichotomy. We're going to go one way or the other. It's binary choice. You're going to be carried away by lawlessness or you're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and be strong and secure. And if you want a secure home, a home, secure, safe and secure home, it's only going to come through Jesus Christ and your relationship with Him. We can have all kinds of armed security systems which we think will aggressively protect our family. But there's always going to be someone with some kind of bigger aggressive system that can come and take that from you. I got a kick out of the, I got a kick out of the homecoming pics that have been circulating around with uh, the parents uh, and the boyfriends. Have you seen some of those? Oh, do I have one up? We know these people. I can remember when Reagan was born. 
And here she is going to a homecoming dance. Beautiful, isn't she? So she's got Tom and she's got her dad on either side. Hold. Is this legal in Ohio? <laughs> to threaten, you know, teenage boys with uh, bodily harm? Look at Tom's look. Tom over here on this side. I'm just like, he's really serious about this. And the boys, you know, obviously the boys smile and he thinks it's a big joke, right? Well... We would like to think that we can protect our children 24-7. We might even be able to threaten their enemies, but it's only if they have Jesus in their hearts and they say no to that evil themselves that they'll be secure. We need to teach them to guard themselves, to protect themselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 through 14 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. You see, we want to secure that sound treatment in our homes. We want to demonstrate love, treat each other with love, but also treat each other knowing that we must stand guard. It says there, be on your guard, stand firm, be courageous, be strong, but do everything in love. We must fight this fight with them, and we must do that in love. Now, in the last sermon series here in September where we were talking about refresh. We talked to you about this young generation, how it's important to not make them feel like they're being judged and not be surprised at their behavior or any of the things they, they do. And you can't stop firmly loving your kids. And let me add to that, we cannot stop firmly teaching them that they need to be on guard. There are these sinister enemies that are after them. Now we can do that in love. And I think that we should do that out of love. Because how many people do we love, but we don't want to help them stay safe? The irony that Satan is a thief seeking to steal, kill, and destroy and that Jesus will come like a thief when least expected is a valuable fundamental lesson to learn which can secure our homes. It is so very important for us to realize that as believers we must protect and preserve. When Paul synthesized this argument to the people in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, he said this. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us awake. Let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, 
Let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, protection, and the hope of salvation as a helmet so that we can be on guard. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Paul here clearly says we need to be on guard. We need to protect ourselves from Satan who will try to steal from us our preparation or our ability to be prepared when Jesus Christ returns. The world will say peace and safety. That's why he, when he comes, he will come like a thief. And there's no better encouragement than to tell one another the truth. And so let me encourage you to tell you the truth, to build you up so that you can deal with this dichotomy of life where Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life abundant in Christ so that you will not be ready when Jesus Christ comes like a thief, not as a thief, but like a thief in the night to bring an end to this entire world. Sound teaching in our families, with our children and our grandchildren. Helped by the Holy Spirit who will guide us through the Word of God. Sound thinking, which comes when we let the peace of Christ rule over our hearts and guard us and guard our hearts and our minds. And not being anxious for anything, but just through prayer, asking God for help. And then sound treating of one another. We treat one another with love, but also with the urgency and the respect that we must be on guard. You cannot love someone when you know there's an enemy out there threatening and not teach them or tell them that they need to be on guard. We would not do that in any other, in any other way of life. Why would we do that with our children and our grandchildren? Only then can we secure our homes as God has called us to do. Home, safe, and secure home. God has given us the tools that we need to provide the kind of security that makes our home safe. We just need to be proactive and guard our homes. We need to call upon Jesus to help us, and we need to look to the Holy Spirit to guide us. And then we can have home safe and secure homes. Let's pray. Precious Father, we're grateful today for this message and as the opportunity is for us to dig into your word about Satan coming, uh, coming to destroy us as a thief, but you sending your son like a thief in the night unexpectedly to bring an end to this entire world. And so we kind of work through that in our, in our mind, in our hearts today. I just ask that you guide and direct us with that truth, mainly so that we can be prepared to protect our families, our children, our grandchildren, our family members, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, our neighbors, our friends, anyone we know, that we let them know in love that they must guard themselves against these enemies, these lawless men, 
used by the devil who are seeking to steal from us our life in Christ, to kill our souls and to destroy our hope of heaven. I pray, Lord, that we would be strong and courageous and faithful as your word teaches us so that at least in our homes we can provide security and safety. And I make this my prayer in Jesus' precious name and let all God's people say, Amen.